welcome back, Asterisks. And for those of you in secondary school or college, we hope you're having an absolutely awesome time. Yay, alliteration. And last but not least, happy autumn. Pumpkin spice lattes, leaves crunching, and more time to write? Wrong. In an ideal world, we'd write 24-7 with breaks for coffee, tea, sleep. But like men written by women, this is not always realistic. And I have to say, as someone living in Florida, it doesn't really feel like fall. I mean, a few days ago, we, we hit 72 degrees in the morning. And it was like, whoa, like maybe this will continue. And then the next day I walk out of my house and there's so much humidity that it feels like there's a dog just like breathing in my face and it was 90 degrees again. So like, it doesn't feel like fall, but hopefully it will be soon. I live in the East Coast. Wait, is Florida on the East Coast? Yeah. I don't know geography. This is why I write. This is why I don't do geography. Anyway. Yeah, it was like 70, 72 degrees, and usually it's like 50 or 60 this time. So it's like, yeah, global warming is like, it's real. It's wrecking our seasons. Not treating writing as something that's like, you know, like sanctified, or it doesn't have to be like a full-length novel or writing a poem in one day, even though sometimes I can do that, but it's usually at 2 a.m. and you should probably sleep. So like, don't do that. Um... I think just like writing a little bit of a time, even if it's just your thoughts or it's just reading, like that's part, part of the writer's process too. So I think it's important to remember that every step you take towards writing is a step and it's, um, it's really helpful for you. And even if you feel like you're not being that productive, you're still doing, you're still making a lot of great impact. Yeah, for sure. Like something that I struggled with a lot and like I still struggle with, to be honest, is the desire to like, okay, this is like a task and I want to finish it. I want to finish the poem, get it done. But actually, um, my like latest piece of advice was actually from my college counselor at school because I'm Liz and I are both seniors, actually. So we're going through the process. And I was like, you know, like I really want to turn in all my applications really early. And they were like, why do that? You know, you can wait, you can look back on your essays because when you turn something in, when you say that something is finished, like that means that you can't go back to it a lot of the time. And while it's like really tempting to really want to finish something and get the finality, like I love finishing things. I love to-do lists. I love checking things off. It's also important to let something sit and breathe a little bit because your feelings will change over time and you're not going to come up with all of your best ideas at once most likely uh you know if you think about something for a while and come back to it you might have a different attitude for the piece altogether you might be like wow this one part that i really liked actually doesn't work and this happens to me all the time (laughs) i come back and i'm like wow you know, I thought that was a good idea, but now that I'm coming back and looking at it and writing as a daily activity is also something that um, I also have a hard time with. But a thing that helps me is that I also think um, that it doesn't always have to be like working on a poem. Like oftentimes it'll be like just a line at a time because I'm really slow at writing. But it's also like if I wrote something in class, you know, 
sometimes that will be my writing for the day because a lot of because I'm taking English literature so I'm already like analyzing things sometimes that's my little daily quota you know you don't have to always characterize it as doing some creative writing work especially when you're really busy and have no time as Liz definitely is <laughs> but yeah I think that's something that also really helps me with the whole like productivity bug or like I don't have enough time to do this how will I get it done sort of thing yeah I definitely agree with that Maddie and thank you for the shade um, <laughs> I can definitely yeah I'm definitely like guilty of doing a lot of things at once and I think now it's like better because like as a senior you're sort of, you're like you, you kind of have to allocate your time or else like you're going to like have a little bit of a breakdown um so I think that's something that's been helpful for me has also been like understanding what my limits are. And if I'm tired and I have an idea and even if it's a really good idea, I'll probably just like scribble something and then go back to sleep. And then in the morning, just like something, write something like, um, like one line or write like um, a few bullet points about what you wanted to think about, because at the end of the day, it's not worth sacrificing your health to produce art. And I also think that, sort of like college essays kind of make me appreciate like how long it takes to write and sometimes like I get my best ideas when like I'm walking home from school or I'm hanging out with my friends and doing something like completely not writing related not looking at my iPad not writing something um I think I forgot who said this quote but in order to be a writer you have to experience life and be receptive to different experiences and it's hard to do that when you're always thinking about writing and that goes for anything really. Like if you let something consume you, then it's kind of hard to like have a good relationship with it. And like, that's why sometimes like you should distance yourself from your writing. And I think actually like going back to BTL, um, shout out to them. Me and Maddie did this, um, the peace and writing experience. And it was really helpful because um, even though we had like a different prompt every week and we kind of had to write under a deadline, um, there was never any pressure. Like, I think sometimes having a deadline, even if it's an artificial deadline, you're not really like holding yourself to a date. It can be helpful because then it doesn't give you as much time to overthink stuff. And maybe um, if you're working, if you have like 10 minutes and you're timing yourself for a poem, like you don't know what's going to come out in 10 minutes and you could come up with the best thing ever and then expand on that later. So I think it's also important to remember that writing doesn't just stop when your pen goes down or when your fingers stop typing. It's always like thinking about it. And um, the only time you should really stop is to like sleep and, you know, get food and water. So, yeah. Of course, like there are very first assignments. So we were separated into different workshop groups. I had Mary Hickman, who is a poet and I love her to death. And our first assignment was actually we had to take a walk and write a poem about that experience and she was like I don't want you to say you took a walk and didn't take a walk because I'll be able to tell because I want this poem to be full of sensory detail and stuff like I want to learn more about where you're from and I want you to step outside because this was in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic so I did have a mask on but she wanted us to step outside and like look at our world through this new perception and also like do the fact that we're all kind of locked in for a while and 
that really helped me at first because you know, so often there's the image of the writer at like 3 a.m. huddled over their computer typing something and you forget that a writer is also someone who's just walking around or has a little notebook or is even just like walking to school or doing a normal activity. Like writers, the best thing that you can do as a writer sometimes is to just experience, like as Liz said, because if you just write all the time or have writing in your mind all the time, you are going to run out of things to write about. Guaranteed. I don't say things with much certainty most of the time, but I can tell you that right now. Life is hectic, but even when it is hectic, that means there's lots of material, stuff to write about, and you don't always need to be thinking of writing all the time, but you know, sometimes it's nice to set a little like five minutes or something just to think about your piece or whatever thing you're currently working on. If you allocate a little bit of concentrated time, I find that's easier than, you know, trying to stretch out the whole day because I also, another thing someone also spoke talk to me about I'm in AP research and we had this like huge annotated bibliography to do and I was always like wow why does it take me so long to do these things because like everybody else they could do it in like 15 minutes to like read an article and like annotate it and I was like wow it takes me like 30 minutes and the teacher said it's because your work expands to the time that you give it so if you're like wow I don't I have like two hours to do this assignment it's gonna take you two hours unless you like actually stop yourself and like, okay, you only get 20 minutes to do this. And I think when applied to writing, that could be really helpful. Cause if not, you could be like, wow, I need to spend some time fleshing out this character in this scene before I do that. But if you're like, wow, I only have five minutes cause I have a lot of other stuff to do. You'll get it done quicker. I cannot snap, but I try. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, it's funny because I was actually I was reading the book called The Feminine Mystique a long time ago and even though that's like um writing and what was experienced by women then is like a little bit different because like you're writing for joy and that was like very not full of joy um yeah whatever task you're doing expands to the time that you allow yourself to do it so that's why like sometimes like setting a deadline for yourself or like timing yourself when you write is like really helpful and I think also like another thing that helps me um, and I'm not, I'm sure Maddie can relate, but like reevaluating your relationship with writing. Cause I find that um, before I used to attach a sort of moral value to how much I wrote or what I wrote about. And I felt like, oh, if I didn't write this or if I didn't like use this experience and if I didn't write something about it, then what was the point of having gone through it at all? But sometimes like you just need a process um, the different experiences that you go through, not necessarily through writing. And I think also just being able to be happy about writing a few lines and creating art. Cause like, that's what you're doing. You're making something new and not a lot of people can do that. Um, it's something to be proud of. And I think a lot of times as writers, like we forget to be proud of ourselves for doing this really hard thing that is writing. And so, yeah, I would just say, cut yourself some slack and, I'm going to 
do that, do the same thing. So I'm, I don't sound like a hypocrite. Um, but yeah, it's, um, writing is about joy. And if it's not fun for you, um, it doesn't mean something is wrong with you or something's wrong with your writing. Maybe you just need a break and then you should come back to it like a week or um, a day later. Yeah, I think it's a consequence sometimes of this like destination oriented thinking where we think about what the outcome could be of writing this poem, whether it's, you know, finishing a really good poem or like winning a contest or like something when really, you know, it's kind of like the future oriented thinking that we kind of get pressed into us from an early age, like, oh, we're starting high school, but you got to think about college because you're going to go to college soon. And when you're in college, you got to think about getting a job and stuff. And similar to writing, like you're thinking in the future, like, oh, I could win this contest. I could win this whatever. Oh, I could finish this piece and perform it somewhere. But you're not there yet. You're not there yet because you haven't finished the piece yet. And if you think about what the outcome could be too much, then you're not going to be able to finish the piece or you may feel unfulfilled when you do because when you treat something in the future as like what's it's going to happen, you're going to compare everything that happens to it, even though what you're thinking about hasn't even come true yet. Like when I was writing some things for my portfolio in ninth grade, when I was applying to the university of Iowa, not the piece in the writing experience, but the other one, I was like, wow, like I'm going to get into this thing. I think if I finish this poem and then I didn't get in, I got fat rejected. (laughs) Uh, And I kind of had to take a step back and realize like, I'm not writing for that. I'm writing because I want to write. And if I didn't think about that, if I didn't like reevaluate that, I don't think it would be as fun because then I would constantly like try to measure up whatever I'm doing to the goal that I'm trying to achieve when that's not really what I think is productive. And I think also having a group of people to talk about writing with also really helps because other people, they aren't in your head. They're not focusing on the same goals that you are. They're just focusing on the piece that you just handed them. You know, they're not thinking of the implications of the piece or whatever, what it could do. They're thinking about the piece, what it's saying, like the goal, that sort of thing. And I think that also really helped me with writing. Yeah. I think being in a group of people who love writing just as much as you do Um, whether they're professionals or um, they're just starting to write it's like really gratifying or literally anyone who does any type of art because even though you have like different mediums like if you're friends with like a musician or someone who does visual art they understand what um, how much time and like how much like thinking goes into like creating um, art and so they can really be someone to have your back and to give you honest feedback and um I think another thing that helps with like finding time for writing or like knowing what to do after you finish drafting something is always like being receptive to feedback. And most of the time it's like really, um, it's really honest and no one is doing it to be malicious. And so um, just like to take, to take feedback well, and also know that at the end of the day, you are the creator of your piece. And so Um, Even if someone has like a stylistic choice, maybe you don't vibe with it. Maybe you did that on purpose. So um, just remember that a lot of this process is decided by you and 
um, that can be a little overwhelming sometimes, but it's also really empowering. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I wish someone would told me that thing about feedback, like, way earlier in my life. I used to think that I had to take every single thing. And I'm going to say, like, 90% of the feedback that I get is, like, genuine stuff that does need to be fixed. But there's the, like, 10% little gray area where if you're not, like, if I'm not truly vibing, I don't know if I would accept it. And so, but I would usually take that first like suggestion and maybe still rework my piece, but not with the exact thing that they said, because they're still drawing attention to that one thing. But yeah, I used to think feedback was just like people crossing stuff out or like adding stuff to your piece. But you have to remember that they want it to succeed, too. You know, other people really do. And it can be hard to share something really personal with other people and them not experiencing that offering feedback on the piece but a piece does have stuff about you in it but it's also it can also be separated if that's what makes you really comfortable you don't always have to bear your most complete self like I have a friend who is hilarious and she writes the best short humor pieces and even she finds it hard to share her feedback sometimes because she worries that her humor style might not relate to other people, but it's still important because your piece, sometimes if you want it to like win a contest or do well in a portfolio, it does have to make sense to other people, which can be scary because if you only want to write for yourself, which is something that I do, like 40% of my pieces, I don't think will ever see the light of day. They're locked in my mind somewhere <laughs> actually just in google docs but that's that's besides the point uh, you can do that too you don't have to share your writing that's not a prerequisite for writing you're still a writer if you don't want to share your work and that's completely okay i do that because yeah i, yeah, I can't tell you the amount of times where i've had english teachers that are like oh my gosh like you write poetry can i read your work and it's like oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you like poetry and you're, you're interested in my work, but like, do I want to share my poems with other people? That's like a whole other thing. Because um, it's really hard to share pieces with people. And it's okay if you don't want to, okay? I'm telling you this as someone who hates it. Like when I won a scholastic medal, my school published my poem without telling me and y'all, it was so awkward. <laughs> it was really awkward. So um, actually, if any schools are listening, ask permission. Just because someone submits something to a contest does not mean that they automatically give consent to sharing it because sometimes sending it off to a bunch of strangers is easier than having their close friends or family reading it. I don't think people understand that. Like when people don't know anything about you, it's way easier to send the piece, at least in my opinion. I don't know about Liz, if you have the same experience. Oh yes, 100%. Like I could, I live in New York. I would rather hand my poem to a stranger on the subway than have any of my close family read it like because it's such like an intimate part of yourself and it's like so like you're at your most vulnerable at least for me and so like I don't want like my school teachers reading that unless I give them permission but yeah I think also just like pro tip if you want to have a good relationship with your English teacher 
maybe like casually mention that you're into poetry <laughs> yes. or like writing or anything. Like I said, I was talking about in Jamit. We were, oh no, we were studying an Emily Dickinson poem. I was like, oh wait, doesn't Jamit, like I noticed in Jamit here is like, it has like a different meaning. She's like, oh my God, she got so, my English teacher got so excited. It was like the purest thing ever. So yeah, do that. Yeah, my English teacher a few days into um, my senior year, I, she said something about how we were going to read poetry and I was like poetry so I emailed her and I was like oh like I saw in the syllabus that we're doing poetry like do you have like any poems I should read like before the unit or something like I love poetry <laughs> she was so excited she was like oh my gosh you should totally come in and discuss poetry poetry is underrated y'all especially like contemporary in contemporary poetry we're actually reading a Bukowski poem. Like, I remember, um, didn't we, like, learn about him in BTL? I think so. I yeah. really think so. I don't remember. Yeah, me either. But I just remember the name. Yes. And, like, teachers, though, they can be good for editing your work, though. Like, English teachers, if you really want to. Um, but also, like, also a funny story. The Scholastic account, um, on, I, like had a teacher like added because they said you had to add a teacher and my English teacher told me like from last year that she could go in and she read my poem oh my god I was like hey um what <laughs> I think I turned like beat red <laughs> so also pro tip scholastic art and writing awards could you maybe change that feature because I did not know that that was a thing until she told me she was like oh my gosh I loved your poems and I was like I don't remember sending those to you how did you how did you get those yeah it was kind of an awkward conversation I mean at least she knows how like how awesome you are at poetry now I mean I guess I mean I don't know how awesome I am but I did end up sending her one of the ones I wrote over the summer because I was like well you know at this point this woman knows my heart and soul <laughs> might as well just like drop another one honestly I would still rather my English teacher read my poetry than my parents facts facts 1000 percent. yeah so I think <laughs> one last thing that we might have um mentioned a little bit but like we can touch more on definitely is like writer's block and also burnout because sometimes there's there's a spectrum where you write like sporadically at 3am in the notes app and then you wake up and you're like, what is this? <laughs> and then there's the other spectrum where you're writing every day consistently. And then all of a sudden it just like, I think like I expired my creativity. <laughs> which is, like not true because it's like creativity is one of the only infinite things. Like you can only get more as you grow older and then you just like stop. And so I think, like, remembering that that's a temporary thing and, like, not freaking out when you get writer's block, like, again, like, stepping away from your work, like, it seems counterintuitive, but sometimes, like, it really, really helps to, like, put yourself in a situation that isn't writing. Yeah, like, I, um, I think that people don't talk about burnout enough because people think about writer's block, obviously. It's a very well-known term. Everybody knows, and now they're like, oh, do you have writer's block when you're, like, Oh, I can't. Oh, no, yeah, like everybody knows that term, but I don't think enough people talk about burnout. Um, 
which is entirely plausible as a writer. Even like, you know, some people think poet, poem or poets, (laughs) uh, they only write, a lot of poets only write short poems and they're like, wow, like how could they ever experience burnout? Like I could crank out one of those. You can't. I could crank out one of those, Maddie, 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could crank out one of those poems. Easy. Give me like 15 minutes. And it's not true. It's not true because in the small ones, it's often like the word choice. Everything is so exact. It takes so much time. Yeah, it takes so much time. It once took me six weeks to write a haiku, y'all. A haiku. I wouldn't wouldn't even say it was worth the six weeks, but like burnout is entirely plausible. Like there's been so many times where I'm like, this is such a good idea. Let me just, let me just type it out. And I can't write. I can't write anything. (laughs) I burn out literally. Oh my God. With novel writing, it's like so much worse. Cause like sometimes you have like a wave of inspiration, but then I'm like, wait, squid game is out. I kind of want to watch that. (laughs) And then I don't want to write as much. And then I have to like force myself to remember that Squid Game will be there at the end of the day, but you know what won't be? This this stroke of inspiration. So I should probably like write a little bit and then go to Netflix. <laughs> Squid Game, if you're watching this, you should sponsor us because yeah, we're both um, creative people. So I think this is a good place to end our podcast and we hope this episode has been helpful in some small way and inspired you to start writing, keep writing, or get a cup of tea and coffee and take a walk and recharge before you write your next masterpiece. Stay tuned for the next episode and thank you for being an asterisk. See you next time.